Okay, but once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember, you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. You're not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. After further review, we're back here with myself and Frank Bashner and David, the man of God. Harris just got done with David's winners and losers. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the new coaching hires. A lot of coaches getting hired, but it affects two of our uh, guys' teams, the Lions. Hopefully they're no longer going to be the Detroit Kittens and the Jaguars, which is David's quote unquote in air quotes pet team. Define define that pet team. Well he it's it's a team that he's basically adopted as his second team. Look, he is a Steelers fan, but he's said time and time again and the Jaguars are his number two team, which I consider them his pet team. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay that I guess that makes sense. Okay. This pet team. David, what do you think about that? Yeah, that really I guess kind of my third team. I mean, my second team has always been kind of kind of my mom's side of the family. So mm-hmm. since DC, so kind of Washington has always been my de facto second team. Oh, really? But, yeah. I, well, I, like, I honestly did not know of, that. Yeah, but like in terms of like know. adopting kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's on the show. People know me as kind of, I picked the Jaguars, I think like every week for like four weeks in a row and then that just became a thing so first off what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Frank's team here and actually let's let's listen to what Frank's buddy had to say kick you in the teeth all right and and when you punch us back we're going to smile at you and when you knock us down we're going to get up and on the way up we're going to bite a kneecap off all right and we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down all right, and on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Built on, uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth. Thoughts, fellas. Thoughts. I think this was just more of an attempt to kind of win the press conference because, for one. Dan Campbell was not really interviewed by anyone else. And look, I know he's got some prior experience being an interim head coach with the Dolphins. And I guess the reaction to him in Miami, I guess players respected him. The media did not. I mean, I guess I saw something about what uh, Lebetard had said about him, and I guess he wasn't too thrilled. What did Lebetard say about I him? Didn't ha- I didn't happen to look too much into it. it <laughs> just the general reaction was he wasn't real, ha- wasn't real happy with Campbell being the interim there. And, you know, it seemed like he was being the whole 
oh, rah-rah guy, we're going to work hard, we're going to fight. And, but, I mean, what? I mean, you got you got to do what you got to do to sell, to try and sell yourself and sell your brand to the fans because, look, this is a franchise that's got one playoff win in 64 years. And you're just trying to you're trying to win people over. So I mean, I'm not gonna fault I'm not faulting him for doing what he did. Mm-hmm. It's just that do I believe that this is gonna translate into results? Not really. Because uh, but then again, what, maybe it's because I've seen I've seen this song and dance before. I mean, to me, I mean, look, people are say like he's a cross between. Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, Jim Schwartz. I mean, he sounds kind of Schwartz-esque with the tone of his voice. But, and again, he also sounds, and some are saying, oh, he, he was more Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage than football coach. That's all the way it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, look, but I mean, he's trying, he's, He's basically trying to sell his sell himself to the fans, saying, "Yeah, we're trying to, we need. I'm trying to build a culture here." And yet, I mean, look, God knows, Lions need to build a culture because they've had a losing culture for her for 64 years. Mm-hmm. But my my belief my belief has always been there can't be any way of cleaning up this mess until the Ford family sells the team. Mm-hmm. And I will stand by that. that. I mean, look, my reaction with bringing Dan Campbell in on a six-year deal, he'll nonetheless, and of course with Brad Holmes on a five-year deal as a GM, which I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say, Holmes being the GM, that's a, that's a move I like. Because, mm-hmm. look, you need somebody who's kind of a, a draft guy and he oversaw the draft of the LA Rams and of course the Rams haven't had a first round pick since the year they took Jared Goff and he's found guys in later rounds Cooper Cup is the name that comes to mind uh, Jordan Fuller taking the sixth round out of Ohio State ends up starting hanging in the playoff games mm-hmm. so I mean he, the dude has an eye for talent and getting them there, but obviously your coach has to have the right system in place and the culture in order for them to be successful. Oh, and uh, I mean the only—I'd say the only draft bad draft pick the Rams have had, where you could say Holmes was a part of, was the pick of Greg Robinson, who they took second overall in 2014. But that was also the same draft where they got some guy named Aaron Donald. Right. So I'm—I mean, look, he's not going to. Ha- He's not going to hit on everything, but he's from what he did with the Rams, it's been a hell of a lot better than what Bob Quinn and Martin Mayhew have done in the last 10 years. I'll tell you this, though, about the hire that the, the Lions did. <laughs> Same old circus. It's like the Ringling Brothers let, uh, over there at, at the Lions. Day. If you, Let me show you my shocked face. Uh, of all the coaching hires to get, why Dan Campbell? I, I'm I, exactly. Out of, <laughs> why are Why are you going somebody who has never called a play? And it's not even that. I mean, oh, I understand oh, well, he wants to build a culture. The, he's the he he was a former player, 
Uh, he was also a part of the 0-16 team. Yeah. And, and he's Drew a so-called leader of men, as Urinating Tree likes to say on YouTube. Yeah, I, I yeah. Once, once once again, you got rid of Jim Caldwell and you got Matt Patricia, and then you hired Dan Campbell that wants to eat kneecaps <laughs> and drinks a gallon of coffee a day and no gas, all gas, no brakes. This looks like a, just a gasoline fire. That's it's. Uh, I'm need, not buying into it. First of all, here's the problem, and I'll let David probably explain a little his his thoughts on this, but. You need a mature adult in the room for the Lions. Your ownership sucks. I mean, let's face it. It goes from the top down. And from the top, it's horrible. The Lions will always be in that hamster wheel of disasterness. Every five, six years, you make the playoffs. You know, obviously, a first-round exit. You don't win the playoff game. And then you have in between there just nothing burger, as you like to say, of seasons. I know Zach Herrick used to be with WXUT. He loves the hire. But... Do you want a guy that's great with the media and gives you great sound bites and you can sit there and ah, laugh? Or do you want a guy, a mature adult in the room that's going to try to get you wins for the football team and make it really represent the city of Detroit by looking very professional? Great. You want that grit. You want that grind. What everybody does. I mean, these are just cliches that everybody uses. Exactly. You know, and on Instagram, it, it, is he more? Is he? It seems like to me, he's more swag than substance. You got some good swag. Yeah, you were a former player. Yeah, you can do things. But at the end of the day, you're a coach now. Whatever you did as a player has no relevance to what you do as a coach. It doesn't. Coaching and playing is two totally different things. Will the players buy into what you're selling? Or are you going to just sit there and sell, say a whole bunch of cliches that everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by halfway through the season, they're like, no, 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 because they're tired of your voice and you look like a straight idiot. The fact exactly. of the matter is with the Lions, if they were more of a stable franchise, I think this would probably work out. But they're not. So you need a guy in there that is a mature adult and knows how to work management along with the team that you're running to at least make them a competitive team because the, the the blundering with the Lions for so many years you haven't won a playoff game since 1991 you haven't won a playoff game since Scott Mitchell was your quarterback and Barry Sanders was running the ball not to mention you've had Hall of Fame candidates on your team that you've ran off yeah. Sanders and, and Megatron yeah, and Megatron and Stafford who's a, who's a hell of a quarterback needs to go somewhere else to at least get with a team a mature team to, to really maximize his skill, and he can. Well, that, win. that's what that's where I want to say something. The fact that Campbell and Brad Holmes have been signed to six and five year deals that tells me that there's a likely possibility that if they want to rebuild this thing, they said, "Hey, we're going to need five years at least to get this thing going." That could mean moving on from Stafford, but. I'm convinced that the Ford family is going to say, no, you can't trade him. He's our golden goose who's and all this horse bleep that they'll keep throwing out there and shoveling out. And too mm. many people say, hey, he's our quarterback. You can't get rid of him. What, like I said with the Saints and Drew Brees, there comes a time where you have to move on. You may not want to move on. But you, it's about doing what you have to do in order to be successful rather than what you want to do for your own personal pride. Mm. 
And that's where they get and let everything get in the way. Hey, because they think Stafford is their guy, is their guy which uh, they need to move on. If they don't, then I will be one of the first people to light the match and burn this whole thing to the ground. Yeah, I I don't think this is more circusry to its finest. David, what do you think? I I didn't like the hire. To me, just just cornball is just just cornball sound bites. Your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of had several thoughts. It just kind of sounded like Matt Patricia two point True. like uh-huh. from the kind of quotes in the introductory press conference. You know, kind of all the stuff, and it's just like, dude, kind of what what are you doing? And then kind of digging into kind of some of its quotes and kind of just a lot of things. So kind of just even looking at him, never been a coordinator. He's kind of been a career tight ends coach, and now he has control over an entire franchise. I mean, he was an assistant head coach in New Orleans, but but yeah, like that's the extent of his magnitude. Never really called plays, so now you have to think about that. And then for me, like looking at this, kind of like looking at a little bit of his coaching philosophy since he's never been a head coach. Mm -hmm. And from all the quotes that I heard from those who are on the league, kind of everyone says he's trying to model himself after Bill Parcells. And so his Campbell's thing is running the football, quarterback making smart decisions, kind of defense. This is his quote, balls to the wall, all out. Kind of you're winning because of your defense and you got time and possession with a run game. Like, that's all fine and dandy, but the league has shifted away from the Bill Parcells way of thinking about the NFL. Like, this is a pass-happy league. If you're a quarterback, like, there are obviously some teams, like in Tennessee, where they are about running the football because they have a star running back. You can have a team like Cleveland that's about running the football. Because they have like the pieces there. Like, do we think that Detroit and this season showed? They don't know who the starting running back is going to be. So, one, you have to figure that out. And then, two, if you're thinking about you're winning this game because of your defense, we literally just had a head coach that was a quote unquote defensive mastermind, and he ran everyone out of the defensive room that could have helped him win. So now you're saying you want to win because of defense. Like, the players just had a guy in there that was saying the exact same thing. How is that going to stop? So for them, I'm thinking, well, here we go again. Let's see how long he's going to last here. Like, you can be fiery. You can have the passion. You can have the toughness and stuff. But you said there, all that goes off the window. Like, if the players aren't going to look up to you, if they're not going to respect you, if they're not going to want to follow you, then it's built from the start. And, I mean, if you want to have personnel, like if you want to have the coaching philosophy of Bill Parcells, more power to you. I just don't see how that's going to work in 2021. True. But, By the way, Matt Patricia's back with the Patriots. Not, which is not surprising, just because. But, yeah, yeah who else was going to hire him? No, nah, we move on from the Lions. I wish Dan Campbell the best of luck. Uh, some people said it was the wrong Campbell. They should have got Matt Campbell. <laughs> Dan's feeding you some of that spoiled Campbell soup because I mean it's just, it's just that, oh. that, that was bad. 
That was just bad. Now we go on to the pet team, the Jaguars. They hire Uncle Urban. Your thoughts, David? Uh, I'd like I like the move. Obviously, he he was a name that everyone was kind of throwing out there, wondering if he's going to come back. Kind of the coaching, considering guys, last time he coached, you know, he took a break because of family health reasons and things like that. But it's going to be a reality check. I honestly don't know what to expect because this is another instance of a college coach coming to the NFL. How is he going to manage that? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the million-dollar question. Yes, he's an offense, like he thinks about offense. Yes, the Jacksonville has, you know, they're in prime position with the number one overall pick. A lot of people think that they're just going to go Trevor Lawrence. So you're going to have the pieces there. You have a young running back. Like, everything is in place. But, like, how is he going to adjust to the day-to-day operations of running an NFL team? A lot of people in Ohio think that Ohio State is the de facto NFL team. But it's not. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to figure out who's your staff going to be. All the, like, Who is this coaching staff going to be as he fills out his staff? Well, I I can tell you that he's hired Daryl Bevel as offensive coordinator. Make of that what you will. Uh, I still I still have a lot of questions. I mean, I don't think Bevel is a um is a bad hire. I mean, he he obviously is knowledgeable because he's been you know been around and he's been an offensive coordinator capacity. Even though he made the single worst play call in Super Bowl history, according to many people. Uh, it's just, I, I just don't know what to expect with Jackson, though. Like, everyone praised and loud because Urban Meyer was the quote-unquote target man, you know, kind of went all out for Urban Meyer. But, like, college coaches coming to the NFL, like, even recently, we're still kind of, the jury is out. Like, I think Cliff Kingsbury should just kind of say thanks but no thanks. I did all I could, but it's just not working. I think he's actually making Arizona kind of take a couple steps back, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, But, yeah, I just don't know what to expect. Like, even someone that's successful in college as Chip Kelly went to the Philadelphia Eagles, and that was a horrible situation. Yeah, well, even though we did have a winning record, got to the playoffs, didn't even win a playoff game, really I think the the standard for college coaches going to the NFL is Jimmy Johnson. Was at my FAU, won national titles, and goes to the NFL, wins Super Bowls. And people look to Jim Harbaugh, was successful at Stanford, Then he goes to 49ers, goes to three straight NFC championship games. But then at the opposite end, you have guys like Nick Saban, who goes to the Dolphins and tries to land Drew Brees. That doesn't happen. And then he ends up going back to Alabama. Because, I mean, I've heard. But there's always that one time I wonder. What if Drew Brees would have went to Miami with Saban? Then this, the whole—I think the whole football universe goes in a complete different direction. But I'm not going to go down that wormhole. But David, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll ask you this: 
which coach ends up more successful in year one? Dan Campbell or Urban Meyer? Give it to me right now. Urban Meyer, please come out. Good. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah, I, I agree with Urban Meyer. I, he's just very organized, sticks to detail. Oh, now, they might be out of of a job at the same time, but Dan will probably be getting fired while Urban will have health issues. That'll probably yeah. what will happen. But in the first year, I'm going to go with Uncle Urban. I, I just think he really pays attention to detail. He's a grown-up in the room. Um, and he's a winner. He's a winner, and I think the Lions probably should have looked at him instead of Dan Campbell. But then again, though, things can happen and don't base it on a press conference but i i get really it's just like colin cowherd and his absurd thing of quarterbacks wearing their hats backwards i don't know if you saw that's why baker mayfield and one of his press conferences did it this is the same thing with coaches when you start doing corny stuff like that red alert comes up and and remember when matt patricia came to detroit i had a red alert and you liked him frank and he's back to patriot nation yeah. So I mean, like I like we said, Uncle Urban's going to be more successful in Jacksonville. But I also consider the fact that the division he's in, I think he's going to have a little bit better of a pathway to get to the top. Because look, they can they can get past Houston because that franchise is a dumpster fire. Deshaun Watson wants out. I mean the. The Indianapolis Colts obviously are going to have to get a new quarterback in there. I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard that they should, that Chris Ballard should call Brad Holmes up, trade for Matt Stafford, or even call up uh, Howie Ro- Oseman and mm-hmm. offer uh, and get it Carson Wentz, right. reunite him with Frank Reich. Right. So there's that. And then, but of course, Tennessee, I mean, everyone, everyone looks at. Some people, what Mike Frabel has done, uh, Ryan Tannehill has played well for the last couple of seasons. Even though I've said on this show many times that he has knees made of Legos, <laughs> but at some, but I mean, at some point is is ten, how long is Tennessee going to rule the roost in the South? I mean, everyone looks at King Henry, but everyone knows that running backs don't have that long of a shelf life. So, are they going to? Is their system going to keep going on and on if they get somebody eventually down the line to, who be an heir to King Henry, and if Tannehill's knees can continue to hold up, up? So I think the the opportunity is there for Urban. I'm not going. I'm not going to go saying, oh, he's going to win in championships in year one. No, no, no. I think he's got a much better way. Way to go. Jacksonville's got the assets mm-hmm. for him to get something built up. Where uh, whereas the Lions do not, because they've only got five picks in this year's draft right now. Obviously that could change between now and draft day because of trades if Brad Holmes gets complete autonomy. But well it's gonna I think it's gonna remain to be seen, but in the here and now, I'm gonna say Urban Meyer's gonna be a hell of a lot more successful in the NFL. Than Dan Campbell will be. It also depends on who he has as his assistants, right? I mean, look, he's got Be- he's got Bevel as his uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, last week I had heard to, that he was going to try and get Brian Hartline from Ohio State to be his wide receivers coach, right? And uh, of course, 
I mentioned this to uh, one of my one of our sisters at Bedford, Ryan Wright, now, and and he basically is like, "You just ruined my day." I said, "Ryan, it's something I heard on NFL Network. I'm not saying that it's gospel that he's going to be going there because he, right. I think that's somebody that Urban would consider because he's worked with him." Heck, he might. I'm. I'm surprised he hasn't called Tom Herman up to come work with him. Right. Which I mean, the, so I think right now I'm going to give the edge to Urban, but we'll see what where it comes of it. And it obviously, Derek, your Bears holding on to Matt Nagy and uh, Mitchell Trubisky. No, I don't think they they didn't give him an extension. Well, there's, they're say, well, they're saying Nagy's going to be back. And Nagy's so, going to be back, yes. Yes, and but, so is Ryan Pace, the GM. Uh, so right, Trubisky right, right. is probably going to go adios. Yeah, Trubisky's going to be a free agent on the books as Nick Foles. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if the Bears end up, what they do quarterback-wise, if they try and... and Tariq Cohen on the running back, David Montgomery, will be back there on a contract. P impending free agent would be Cordell Patterson. Um, also, key contracts on the books is Darnell Mooney, Anthony Miller, Riley Ridley. Allen Robinson is going to be a free agent. That's going to be interesting to see. The tight ends is Demetrius Harris. Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet are on their contract. Uh, Jimmy Graham didn't do too much of anything. Well, and, and Anthony Miller, I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him because he's been tossed twice from games yes, yeah. for throwing punches. Yeah. Um, on the defensive line, Akeem Hicks is, is good to go. Brent Urban, Mario Edwards, John Jenkins are impending free agents. Obviously at the linebacker positions, Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn, Roquan Quan Smith, I believe Roquan ended up being injured, and Danny Trevathan, um, Barcavius Mingo, and Roy Robert Harris are going to be the guys that uh, uh, are going to be free agents. And then for the secondary, Kyle Fuller is going to be still on the books, but other than that, the, the other guys, I don't know. Carlos Santos is a is a is a Kicker was pretty good, so it'll be interesting to see. But the, the 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 Bears need a quarterback. We need a guy that can get the ball in the end zone when we're in the red zone. Exactly. David, final thoughts? Yeah, it'll be interesting to, just to see. Kind of obviously, big indication is going to be where some of these kind of head coaches and coordinators end up, because it is this year in particular is going to be. A defining year for quarterbacks in general, kind of thinking about who's going to be retiring if Drew Brees does hang up, what does New Orleans try to do, think about some of the situations that have new head coaches, like in Atlanta, do they hold on to Matt Ryan, think about Detroit, do they hold on to um, Matt Stafford, kind of what teams try to take a chance with some of these younger quarterbacks that just haven't panned out, um, like we like we're going to do with Dwayne Haskins, like I mean, does someone kind of say, "Hey, maybe Carson Wentz is not the guy. Let's try to get him. Let's bring him in." Mm-hmm. Or even thinking about like a Mitch Trubisky, who's at the end of the rookie contract. Right. Do they try to ship him off? So it's going to be a lot of moving in pieces, and knowing that the draft you have at least at least three maybe four kind of picks that you know will be quarterbacks within the top 10, top 15, 
who's going to be dealing, who's going to be moving, what is what is this going to look like? And then the million-dollar question, kind of, does anyone take a chance on, like, a Sean Watson? And where will he end up? Because, honestly, if Deshaun Watson stays in Houston, it's going to be because Eric Bieniemy is the head coach. That's that's just me being honest. Right. Well, here, here's something else, David, and this is this is kind of the, one of the dumbest things I've heard that Deshaun Watson should be traded to the Miami Dolphins. And I've talked with some Dolphins fans who I'm friends with, and they're like, "Why would you do that?" I guess there's people that think that Tua is terrible. Tua wasn't even supposed to play this year. Mm-hmm. And when he did play, he completed 60% of his passes, had a great touchdown-interception ratio. So you're basically going to say, hey, Tua, yeah, you weren't supposed to play this year, but when you did play, you did well, so kick rocks. Tell me that's not the, tell me that's not the dumbest thing you've ever heard. What that kind of you move on from Tua? Yeah, bring when, in the Sean Watson. Yeah, why would why, I don't get why you would do that? Because Tua did. I mean, look, Tua wasn't even supposed to play this year, and when he did, he played well. He wasn't the reason why the Dolphins missed the playoffs. They Miami, I believe, went, was it they go ten and six this year? Yeah, and it was kind of down to that last weekend. If um, I think it's because Tennessee won. Yeah, that Miami kind of was out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're just basically going to say, okay, Tua's time came a little bit earlier than normal. He played well, so we're going to just say, hey, hey, cut ties with them because we want Deshaun Watson. That makes sense to me. Deshaun's proven he's a star. He just needs to be in a good I situation. Mean, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me, I'm making that trade. There's not even a question about it. Because Miami's close to win now, Houston's in a rebuild mode. Since Houston backed their picks, that you know Bill O'Brien, you know, handed them to him on a silver platter. Win now, and it's Deshaun Watson and that Miami team, and you got a strong defense. You can get some pieces around him because Miami's always good at finding some of those skill positions, kind of been laid around, and then have them compete with Buffalo. I I pull the trigger. But, I mean, I think you also have to look at that Miami doesn't really have much in terms of skill positions for Tua. I mean, he he did pretty well with, what, huh, the corpse of Devontae Parker as his top wide receiver. I mean, look, Jakeem Grant, nice special teams player, but he, he, didn't, ha- he didn't have too much to work with. I mean, Mike Gesicki Mike is someone who I like as a tight end, and, but... You got to get some get some weapons for Tua, and then I think you saw what he could do in limited action, and 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 I think he could possibly you get a full season with him. I think then you possibly get, end up competing with Buffalo, and you could possibly win the AFC East. I mean, he's he's the you know, leaves the balance, and he's pretty much put that Houston team on his back, and he he was throwing out, you know, to God knows who. So he's used to kind of making big, kind of big plays and kind of being that cardiac kid without weapons. So him just going to Miami is just nicer weather and not having to kind of 
try to deal with the craziness of the Houston ownership and Bob McNair in particular. Hmm. All right, well, we'll wrap this up. David and Frank, your last thoughts for this? Then we'll get into Frank's power play to wrap up the show. Well, well we're just going to kind of have to wait and see how the coaching carousel in the NFL finishes out if Eric Bieniemy does get hired. I mean, I've heard that he may not because of his past run-ins with the law. I don't think that should be a reason why he doesn't. Because for one, yeah, I'll, I'll admit he had issues, but he paid. He was in problems, but he paid the price for what he did. Who did the enemy? Because he, I mean, look, look it up. He had he had prior run-ins with the law. Well, and what's I, that have to do with hiring him now? Well, once the, once the season's over, I th- I've, I've been hearing that that's probably why people are scared of him because of his past. I mean, look at how long. I, I, I mean, I heard the, I heard the things, but what does that have to do with it? There's every everyone has a past. Exactly Everybody does that. What? Why? I just don't understand. And and it starts to get to that it, that issue of is it racism or is it relatability? Why they're not hiring him? But the thing is. Everyone has had a pass, and you get, people get second chances, but this guy can't get a second chance even though he's probably the most qualified to be a head coach out of all the coaching pool. Exactly my point. That doesn't – I guess – what was some of the stuff that he did? I didn't go in depth of what I saw what he did, but I do know he has a pass. Uh, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I know he had an – I think he had a domestic assault. I mean, all with a woman. That's pretty how much long it. ago though. This is a long time ago, and I and and in no way do and look. And if that's the case, why is he even coaching in the league? If if they had problems now, Kansas City wouldn't have hired him. So if Kansas City yes. would hire him now, all of a sudden you don't want to you don't want to hire him now. That doesn't make any Exa- sense. Exactly. Wait, uh, but then again, maybe they're just all saying, "Well, when the Lions hired Matt Patricia, nobody knew about his." Uh, him being indicted on sexual assault charges in the 90s, and then when that comes up, they're like, oh, crap, this isn't good. Right. And then we saw what happened with Matt Patricia. But then yeah. again, though, the enemy, though, is showing he's a good coach. Yeah. David, your last thoughts. Yeah, just kind of real quick. I mean, Brandon Staley, who, was the, who got tagged to be the Chargers head coach, was the deep, the defensive coordinator at John Carroll University and was an outside linebackers coach. Dan Campbell was an assistant head coach and tight. He was a position coach and he got a job. Looking at the Eagles, they brought in kind of one of Frank Wright's kind of, you know, kind of guys, and he's never been a head coach. He kind of worked his way up the ladder. We know why Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach. People just don't want to admit it. And people don't want to accept it because he deserves to be head coach because he's put his due in. And if one would say, oh, he's a player's coach, he played in the league too. He was the 39th overall pick. So, so yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see just kind of what. Um, hopefully, he gets a job. Hopefully, it's Houston. But. And another thing, though, I, if he does get a job, I want him to go somewhere where it's a good situation. I'm getting tired of stuff where. You know, you're trying to get African-American coach, and you go to some dumpster fire where no coach can even be successful. So that that's just one thing I'm praying for. And maybe Houston might be that spot, but we'll know. Anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. Getting our last segment with the power play. I think we've touched on everything, have we? I said, David? Yeah, I believe so. Let's see what we do. Um, 
I gotta look this up, you know, Frank and David. So David got oh we'll go to we'll go we'll discuss the Harden trade next week because it's still fresh and they have lost the Cavs twice. <laughs> I need I need a little more sample of that, David. Um, but other than that, we talked about Houston and keeping Watson, winners and losers, and we talked a little bit about the coaches. Now we're gonna get into the power play. And if you always missed our segment, make sure you listen to eighty-eight point three WXUT's um, SoundCloud and iTunes page. So make sure you go to that WXUT's After Further Review. We also are on WXUT WX, or WXUT's After Further Review Sports Show with our live show coming up next. Frank Vashner and his power play. Is this good? Yep, gonna. We had a trade that went down earlier, mm-hmm. so Blackhawks won. I watched the Penguins I, play. They were they were on the snide. They hadn't they hadn't got a chalk up a, a, a in the win column. So finally beat the Red Wings. And now that they're in kind of the same conference, now that rivalry can start back. I've always thought that was stupid putting the Red Wings in the Eastern Conference. Well, it's basically. I don't think there's really no more East and West. It's basically just the four divisions, right? So. Just because of COVID. I mean, this might be, I mean, look, if the, if the NHL does keep it this way, I wouldn't be mad. No, I wouldn't be either. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back after this.